1: Eight minutes after the hour, good Saturday morning to you. This is the Lawn and Garden Show live on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Ashley Frasca sitting in for Walter Reeves today. He is away this Saturday and next. So we'll be bringing you all kinds of different guests that are in studio with me today. I am joined by Mark Banta, the president and CEO of Piedmont Park. Good, good morning, good, Ashley. Good morning. I'm so glad to have you. It's been what did we determine? A little over a year. About a year, yeah. Since we've had you on the show, love to have you back. Glad, glad we didn't scare you away. Glad Thank you. you.
2: Back. No, it's always a good time. And back in the day, the old days, Walter and I used to do this regularly, so I'm glad to be back.
1: We love it. Well... I had a lot of questions for you right as you walked in this morning, and I'm just fascinated by your role with Piedmont Park. We talked about the evolution of the park and what it means to Atlanta, really. Piedmont Park is the heart of Midtown Atlanta, almost the pulse of so many different communities and events and so involved with the city and the culture, too. Tell me a little bit, this this weekend in particular, I'm aware it's Gay Pride, That will be a large event, painted the crosswalks in Midtown, got ready for the crowd coming in this weekend, but how do you guys prepare? I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised you had time to join us today, because that's such a large event to prepare for. What do you guys do to get ready to host tens of thousands of people from all over the country?
2: Well it's it, you know the there are many many events in Piedmont Park and the as we were talking earlier the the city does permit these events and the conservancy's role Piedmont Park Conservancy works with the event organizers and the city of Atlanta to try to keep the grounds as nice as we can so uh, the the background that I have and my team has as kind of horticulturalist and agronomist are able to apply best management practices to get to keep the grounds in the best shape possible. The big meadow area that everybody knows because it's where Music Midtown and the big festivals are is is designed um, to tolerate some of that uh, extra traffic. But when you have many many events and then lots of rain, it makes it much more challenging. And uh, you know this. Rain that flooded South Carolina produced over eight inches of rain right there in Piedmont Park in a period of 10 days. So even if you're doing best management practices, it can get challenging to keep the grounds in a condition that are usable for all the festivals coming in one after the other.
1: Now when the park was designed, was it built with that in mind? Almost like I'm thinking of of a golf course with a certain drainage system underneath and all this fancy stuff that we don't even know is underneath our feet as we walk through the park?
2: Right, well that's a a great question and and funny that you say that, because that area of, of the meadow and then part of Oak Hill was originally a nine hole golf course back in the day and so uh, we did not leave any of those things behind when the major renovations happened and as I shared with you a little bit earlier the, the Conservancy is the entity that started in 1989 and has raised over 66 million dollars of improvements um, through the years so all the wonderful things that you see out there the this aquatic center the dog parks mm-hmm. the meadow those have all been the active oval those have all been built by the Piedmont Park Conservancy through uh, philanthropic dollars and private donations, and then just individuals who wanted to see the park improved.
1: I love it. And for folks who want to find out more about the events and what you guys do and just how you've grown, PiedmontPark.org, is that right?
2: That's exactly right.
1: I love it. And and too, I mean, I've been, like I told you, I'm a suburbanite, so I, I don't have memories as a child of coming into Atlanta too often, but more as an adult now. I've been to Piedmont Park, I've been to the Botanical Gardens, and the fall festivals and arts and crafts I mean this is my favorite time of year to do that kind of thing.
2: It really is special and there's always something going on you mentioned the Pride Festival which is uh, the last big festival for the park Um, and so it'll be kind of the finale but uh, yes the uh, websites have both the City of Atlanta website and also uh, Piedmontpark.org website have a list of calendars of all the things that are going on and there's many smaller things that happen too and many day to day users that just love to walk their dogs and ride their bicycles and jog
1: when it's not raining, like it is this morning. I was I so disappointed. It. We
2: have some hardcore that are out there right now. I guarantee it.
1: Good for them. Well, as you mentioned, God bless South Carolina and what they're having to deal with with no the doubt. flooding right now. I mean, they they knew to prepare, but to the, to the extent they had to deal with it, even here in Georgia, I think just in, in my own mind, I kind of kept track 10 or 11 days that it rained straight from maybe about September 23rd, 24th. I mean, it has just, y'all have taken a beating, really.
2: Right. It, it's been amazing. And, and it shows up in the, in the ability of the grounds to recover, uh, from that, you know, after you have a big event, you we have techniques that we do, and if we get time, we can talk about those because they're applicable to people in their home lawns. Uh, but but if you don't, if you have just rain and cloudy, and you don't have any of that sun and and wind and other things, it makes it really hard to recover.
1: Right. Well, folks, as Mark Banta has proven, he is very knowledgeable in horticulture. Me. Maybe, maybe a little. Oh, maybe come so. on. I mean, Walter, I don't want to discredit Walter. He has mentored me for, for a number of years now that I've been doing the show. So we are happy to bring you into the show. We want to help you in your landscape, answer any questions you may have. So try us out. Give us a call at 404 750 This morning, we will be on until 9, as normal, followed by the Home Fix-It show. But then Dave is knocked off just a little early, 11.30, for the Bulldog pregame show to start. As you know, the Bulldogs kick off against the Tennessee Volunteers at 3.30. They traveled up to Knoxville to face the Orange team. You know, Georgia just kind of has this record. Teams with Orange... We don't really care for them We've got Florida, we've got Auburn, we've got Tennessee So that should be a good one this afternoon, folks If you plan on staying with us all afternoon We'll bring you Bulldog coverage wall-to-wall 404-872-0750 is the number And, as always, we keep within tradition Nicole, you are the first call of the day Good morning Ashley Good to hear from you What can we do for you today? I
3: I, um, want to ask you a question How many inches did you see the most? in Georgia in one day.
1: Oh gosh, I, I kind of recall Kirk Mellish saying that there was one day that we were expecting an inch and a half give or take. Uh, I don't know what part so of the, the that So the
2: maximum amount of rainfall, I, I've, in a hurricane situation uh, in previous year, and I don't remember if it was Andrew, uh, but there were places that received over four inches of rain. And some of the places in South Carolina were up cumulative over 20 inches, which is what caused the historic flooding. Um, I don't know that we've ever seen that in Georgia, but I, I know we've been in the 4- to 6-inch range mm-hmm. previously. Yeah, the
3: most I ever see was 8 inches, but South Carolina 24 inches, and I said, oh
1: boy, that's a lot of water. I mean, a lot of those pictures that we saw on the news were reminiscent of Katrina coming through New Orleans. You know, just how you see, unfortunately, cemeteries were, were unearthed and cars floating through the water. I mean, that was just really something to see. and yeah, right. Uh,
3: the question is about, uh, oh, I cannot see the word, air glasses. But anyway, I'm going to describe it. Uh, it's uh, evergreen. The, uh, it's got sticker on, and there's a big uh, screen if you want it put in, put in, in between two houses. And, but this time of year, it smells like incredible. The reason why I was. Incredible
1: sending, in a good way? Oh, it just smells good. It's just oh, I thought somebody put something inside the house that smelled. You know, a- attempt to pronounce it, or what does it start with? Uh, Eucleus. Eucleus. Oh. Eucleus. Um Iliagnus. Yes, yeah. is that it? Okay, <laughs> good, so it is hard to pronounce. Yeah, you uh, got it. So, what's your question about it?
3: Well, I want uh, I want to tell people that um, it's a, a good screen. It's because uh, two years ago. Uh, it got the ice on top and they all fell off because they got too tall. But instead of having a plain plain old, old fence and it just it just smelled incredible. I thought it was I had a bee nest underneath because the, all the bees were there and I went in the middle of the night to see if I could find, you know, the nest. Then I realized was the smell because it smelled stronger at night.
2: Oh, yeah, the, the, and I have to say, um, Nicole, that that it, there are certain times of year uh, in, where the Iliagnus will bloom and then it's uh, a more attractive plant. And it certainly will screen. I almost consider it uh, a, a noxious weed in that Iliagnus, uh, it's also called Silverthorn sometimes, will really overtake some areas so if you do have that plant I don't really recommend it Um, there's other better choices uh, for both screening uh, and for um, something if you want it to flower you want seasonal color but if you have them I'm not saying go down and whack them out but um, (laughs) I it's not on my favorites list for sure it's just it's too invasive to me and um, sometimes these things get on fence rows or other places and between them and, and in privet, they can really be problematic.
1: Now, what about just throwing in a suggestion? I don't know the overall size of Eliagnus or how large it could get, but I'm looking into Calycanthus or sweet shrub. Is that yeah. kind of something with with fragrant flowers? It grows to maybe nine feet wide. I mean, it's not a tall screen, mind you, but would fill in nicely to maybe yes. cover a fence or something. It,
2: it, it could. Like I said, there's lots of good choice, and I love s- sweet shrub. It can have some winter injuries sometimes in this area, but it is it is a great plant. And and I don't want people who have ileagons to say, oh, Mark said it's terrible, but because it, it's not <laughs> that bad. But I, I also wouldn't run to the nursery. It's hard to find it in the trade anymore. I wouldn't run to the nursery to try and plant a whole bunch of them either.
3: Yeah, you just cannot kill it It was some <laughs> 10, 15 feet higher, got down to 2, 3 feet oh. And it just went back up worse than it was before That's an a,
1: that's quite the accomplishment though Well, thank you for your appreciation for it, Nicole And thank you for calling We're going to get out of here and pay some bills and be back But always good to hear from you I will be talking to you soon Enjoy your day Thanks Alright, folks, join us just as Nicole did It was that easy 404-872-0750 This is Ashley Frasca on Lawn and Garden We'll be back
0: this is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News and News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need.
1: All right, a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Mild temperatures throughout the day, mostly cloudy skies, sporadic showers. Oh, they're happening now. Afternoon high in the low 70s tonight. The skies begin to clear. A chance of showers that diminishes low temperatures in the mid-50s. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast coming up in 10 minutes. And dogs pregame coverage begins today at 1130 here on WSB. I think we have a couple of minutes, Mark. Let's hop out to the phones and see what is on Mary's mind. Mary from Marietta. Good morning.
4: Good morning. Um, I woke with a start. I heard Nicole talking about Iliagnus. I think she meant osmanthus or tea Very
2: well, mm-hmm. could be because they are. Uh, they certainly smell great, and they are yeah. about the same size. You know, they'll yeah. get twenty feet tall. Great screening plant, uh, and wow. Well, yeah, and fantastic in in, in uh, it's how it smells. And I
4: had a call because Illy Agnes is on the uh, invasive species list, <laughs> yes, along right. with, privet with privet and English ivy. I mean, I walk the Chattahoochee, the cochrane Shoals area, and it is just killing all the native plants down there.
2: Yeah, I'm it, glad you were more strong past- about it than...
1: It's a horrible pest <laughs> Not that I don't feel strongly about <laughs> it No, not at all Well, no, yeah. Mary, I think you absolutely could be right That that very yeah. well could be Both are evergreen Both fit the description that she was Yeah and Osmanthus
4: is a nicely behaved plant And it is a pretty thing
2: It really is It's, you know, it's only downside And it's rare when we see it But if it gets cold enough In, in Zone 7 where we are We can see some cold injury uh, And it can be pruned to a tree I, I love the plant myself
1: you know, I do want to get into this later in the show, Mark You and I talk about this time of year My favorite for many reasons College football being one of them But new plants, planting new shrubs, new trees Absolutely. We want to talk about that It is the since time Since we've started with shrubs Well, folks, it is 627 on WSB We're going to hop out for a quick check of news, weather, and traffic I'm Ashley Frasca with Mark Banta Sitting in for Walter Reeves We'll be back on Lawn and Garden
4: You want me So now it's
1: time to At 6.35, we are back with you live on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Ashley Frasca sitting in for Walter Reeves today. Very happy to do so and very happy to be joined by Mark Banta, the president and CEO of Piedmont Park. You have a lot of knowledge, not only of horticulture, but just the city and its history and transitions. We both talked about we were suburbanites, but you're so familiar with the history of Centennial Olympic Park. Worked there, Piedmont Park, and you've just seen things really grow by leaps and bounds, especially with the time of the Olympics.
2: It's changed so much, and for the better. I mean, just think about the impact that those Olympic Games had on us in 1996 and then carrying us through getting ready to celebrate the 20th anniversary of those Olympic Games next year, if you can believe that. That
1: makes me feel old. No, I don't want to believe that. Thank you. (laughs) The mid-90s were great for Atlanta too And the Braves brought home a National yeah. World Series title I mean, that was just a really good time all around for us Well, listen, Mark, we've had some great calls today We're going to continue the trend You join us too, 404 750 That's exactly what Kenny did Kenny from Jasper, good morning
5: Good morning, Ashley, how are you doing?
1: Great, how about you?
5: I'm oh, doing pretty good I've got a question about uh, wild persimmon trees uh, I've found a couple of persimmons out in the woods last weekend hunting, and I wanted to plant some around the property. Um, got a couple of persimmons, brought them home, took the seeds out of them. Now what do I do with them? Do I dry them out and wait till next spring to try to plant them, or should I go ahead and try to put them in a planter inside and go that route?
2: I, you know, I would try both because uh, I have not done a, a lot of that, but if I were trying to hedge my bet, I think that I would try putting some of them in the ground. That's how it would happen naturally, right? If, if they were just out in the woods and they were going to volunteer. And, you know, persimmon trees, once they get a foothold, being a hunter, and by the way, I'm a bow hunter myself, so I, I know the, the beauty of having a nice persimmon tree, uh, so good for you for, for trying to do that. But I'd try both. I, I would take some as they are right now. This is a great time to do it. Uh, just don't plant them too deep. Uh, and then also try to get some dried out and then uh, get them started and maybe uh, try to get them up as a small plant. Uh, and and then and then transplant them out that way
5: Okay, alright, thank you very much
1: Great, all right. thanks for calling, Kenny Good, good, luck. good luck Now, right. starting something from seed Whether it is something as hardy as a tree or a shrub Or just starting something small, a little flower or something But given, we're, we are still hopefully a month or so away from the first frost Really, I mean right now we have the lows in the 50s I know 40s when we all kind of start to panic as gardeners But what is the best way to you know starting the seedling inside and then or letting it them. really
2: it really depends there the, you know the the whole idea there there's a whole um, kind of subsection on whether you need to scarify a seed and whether you acid-treat it. it's there. There's entire publications on different types of plants and how they need to be, uh, if you're going to start from seed, how they need to be treated. Um, and without you know us referencing exactly what a persimmon is versus an acorn versus this, uh, it's good, I think, when you have multiple. And if he's out there in the woods and he's finding these persimmons on the ground, he has the opportunity to, to play around with them. That's and right. then if we want to research it, then you go in and, and, you know, I love the University of Georgia website with all the publications. Uh, and then you just kind of put in the search engine that you want to know about starting plants from seed. And it'll give you some of the different ideas. And even if you don't find the exact plant that you're doing, you can say, oh, I think this one's kind of like that plant. So I'm going to try that technique.
1: Well, and like you said, if you've got the curiosity and you've got the time and dedication, really, if you can do trial and error with things and try it two or three different ways and see what works best. I mean that's really how we learn.
2: It, it is and but but to more directly answer your question I think that it takes a lot of discipline to to you know to germinate a seed and get it into a seedling and then get it up into a you know a, a middle-aged plant and then you know knowing when to put that out and the time to do it. It's the water requirement and the sun requirement. So it can be done and some people that have uh, little small greenhouses, they just love playing with that. And there's tons of information, obviously, on the internet now about doing it. But it just takes a lot of discipline because if those seedlings dry out, you know they're toast. They're mm-hmm. gone.
1: Right. All right. Good. Good. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Shelby from McDonough. Hi, Shelby. Good morning. So, what about this avocado tree? Do you have one?
4: Well, I have about an inch of leaf coming out of one, and the root, when I transplanted it from a 5-inch pot to about a 10-inch hanging basket, looked like it was on its way to China, so I wondered how much larger should the pot be when I transplant it again, and how much can I keep it inside? I don't know how large they get. Um, I have a real sunny room, so I can put it in and out of the house for a couple of years, but I'm just not sure.
2: Yeah and I think th- it looks like Shelby I, and I think that's what you're going to have to do is you as you've so aptly said uh, and I think your instincts are telling you this is going to be kind of an indoor uh, process with you playing with it um, they definitely are not uh, avoc- avocados are not um, cold tolerant in this area we're we're so way far out of the zone to have them set outside so I think you're you're going to have a, a fun experiment, and I would just watch. I liked your. Your thing about the roots growing down to China, but you're <laughs> you're just going to have to kind of watch and and uh, balance uh, the type, the size of the pot that it's in based on its root to uh, top balance, and then you know water will become critical. But well, at, at some point in time, I don't know if even if it's sunny, if you'll have something that's so big that outgrows uh, uh, you know a nice indoor space, uh, but you'll have to just see how it does. And uh, okay. but I don't I wouldn't ever consider trying to set it outside unless you've gotten tired and ill with it and you want to play with it just to see if it'll survive, because it it shouldn't, and, and it's way out of zone up uh, up in this area.
4: Well, I put my myrel lemons out in the summertime and the spring, and uh-huh. I haven't brought them in yet. I was wondering if I'd have a similar experience with this, although it's probably a much bigger tree in the long run.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're moving that stuff in and out, I I think it it would be a a similar size tree to what your lemons will be. But, you know, so much of it depends on the individual vigor of the plant and and the environment that they're in, that's all that they really know and recognize uh, is, you know, the water and the sun and the fertility that they have um, and then their genetic predisposition of of what size they're going to be. But it sounds like you have some experience of moving those non-cold-tolerant plants in and out, and I think that'll serve you well for the avocado as well.
4: I use a hand truck because (laughs) I don't have another body nearby. No, good for you. One other question, if I could... Um, I have an old fashioned cluster rose. When's the best time to prune
2: that? Uh, you know, it's generally in the spring, so okay. you're going to be you're going to be February uh, or so.
1: Valentine's right. Day is always kind of my my cue. That's what I do with knockouts, and I know there are many varieties of roses, but right around Valentine's Day is kind of when I just tell myself that is the severe pruning. Okay, thank you so yeah. much right, Thank you we? for Appreciate calling, Shelby call. And also, go to Walter's website WalterReeves.com He has a great article, instructions and photos To go along with the avocado And kind of beginning that process So fun for kids when you take the, the pit And kind of grow it and let it root in water And all that kind of stuff But there's something to be said, Mark For like pinching the growth right. a, That kind of just induces more sprouts And more growth, right?
2: Yeah, the, yeah, and the you know uh, The old-timers used to take uh, fruit trees and, and beat them with sticks. And,
4: oh,
1: no.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and you could, when, you, when you do these things, when you pinch them, then you're releasing, uh, you're sending a signal for a hormone to be released, which causes, uh, as you say, the sprouts and sometimes additional root and crown growth as well.
1: Good, so WalterReeves.com Just in the search bar Type in avocado You'll come up with a handy little guide Of what to do Maybe once it starts to get About 12 inches high in the pot And kind of go from there All right. next we will jump out To Pete in McDonough as well Good morning, Pete
5: Good morning, how you doing?
1: Very good How can we help you today?
5: I've got uh, a pretty big uh, big backyard And I was looking to plant Some uh, muscadines along the back edge Of my yard into the edge of the woods I also is a, you know big time bow hunter and uh, also just like to watch them you know and it'd be nice to have them in your backyard, yeah you the deer in the backyard but then also we like to eat them
1: the deer <laughs> or the like muscadines Yeah, you
5: know muscadines <laughs> and, and probably plant some muscadines but i mean what's uh are the there different varieties of muscadines and how long how big will they get and how long does it take before you start getting the fruit?
2: Yeah, there's a there's a lot of different cultivars um, that are available, and um, you know the there's been some places. You're in McDonough, um, you know, Ison's Nursery, and I I get to be honest with you, I don't know who still has them. We'd have to do a little internet research, which uh, would be would be good to do to know who's still selling those. But there used to be a band. Of of nurseries, little small muscadine nurseries in in Fayette County and over in Henry County that sold these things, um, and you and you set them out as small plants, and you need to build yourself either if you have a fence that'll work or a trellis, uh, because they are a, a running type plant. Um, right. But but it a lot of it just depends on on what you what you want to do. You just have to have good full sun. So if you're on the edge, kind of at the back where it's a little shady, they they probably won't perform as well. Um, but in oh, okay. a little
1: bit of a, a higher area too, they don't like a lot of water sitting in a low spot that stays wet, right? As you said, the right. full sun helps fight that too.
2: Right, right. And and the okay. uh, and, and the the biggest question you ask that I just want to kind of kind of manage expectations, Pete, is the length of time um, that it takes. Uh, you know, and you the, the best time to plant them is, is as soon as you can plant them because this is a great time of year to do it. But it does take a few years to get them up and, and going. Um, the wild varieties just seem to grow like weeds, and if you bow hunt, you, you look for those uh, for a good early season spot. Uh, you sure. and the earlier call, caller that was hunting over persimmons, um, those are two favorites, as you know, and deer will come from a long ways to get to those.
5: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and, I mean, there's plenty of deer in my yard already But, I mean, this will kind of hold them in there And, it, you know, my wife really likes to look at them Plus, we love the mustardines; we, we buy them all the time, you know And it's like, well, you can grow your own
1: Oh, but, uh, absolutely, absolutely And, too, Pete, it's always a good idea Anytime you're growing something like that And over the summer we get the blueberry calls It's a good idea to have a soil test as well Just to make sure you are absolutely starting off At the best point possible So you can... You can buy kits to actually do your own soil test, but it's just easier to hook up with the uh, UGA Extension Office, they provide a, or They actually test the soil for you, don't they, Mark?
2: They do. They, you take it in there, and there's a small fee, and they ship it off. And then they mail you, mail you the results back. And it's great. You know, the old saying, don't guess soil test. Um, and if you want to, um, one of the great websites, if you haven't found it yet, is the University of Georgia Extension Service publication site. And there's an entire publication on muscadines, and it'll tell you everything from the, the bronze to the golden, um, it'll tell you which of the muscadines uh, produce the quickest uh, and the size of the fruit And whether they're good for fresh eating Or making juice or wine out of them
1: Good for Pete, we may have just turned him on to a new hobby too. I mean, like <laughs> you said, it is what you make it That could really be time consuming But it takes a couple of years, Pete, so don't expect immediate results But now is a great time to be thinking about it Thanks so much for the call We want to take more of your calls At 404-872-0750 Ashley Frasca on Lawn and Garden We'll be back right after this A weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It'll be gloomy. and overcast start to the weekend. Expect showers and overcast skies all day. Temperatures reaching the low 70s and tonight the chance of rain diminishes. That's the good news. The clouds start moving out of the metro. Overnight lows drop to the mid-50s. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on your Home of the Dogs. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB speaking of the dogs, Mark. Pre-game starts at 11.30. They kick off against the Vols at 3.30. It is. Anybody listens to this station and listens to Herman Cain's show Atlanta traffic me doing lawn and garden you know I am a Bulldogs fan yes so I love it ready to root on the dogs this afternoon this is a big game for my husband and I too we are a house divided and any couples that (laughs) have loyalties to the SEC know how painful that can be oftentimes I'm a Georgia fan he's a Tennessee Volunteers fan so that is my plan (laughs) for later on today I tell you what all right, we uh we want to talk to Ronnie in Buford because Ronnie, I'm going to be honest. Your call sparked some good conversation in the break. Tell us what your deal is.
5: Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, my wife and I live on a houseboat at Lake Lanier Holiday Marina, and late in the evening, when you just don't feel like walking up the dock to <laughs> walk your dogs, so I have two Jack Russells. I came up with a great idea or an epiphany i built a kitty litter box for my dogs and i built it in a way that it holds four pieces of sod perfectly and i tilted it from the front to the back i drilled a hole in the center i put a piece of pvc pipe drilled a bunch of holes in it and put a t in the middle and i <laughs> ran it out off the boat so if it rains whatever the uh ex- excess water will run off i put lava rocks in it On the bottom And then I put um, uh, potting soil And then I put four pieces of sod Uh And I got a little shrub in the corner And for the first year or so I didn't have a canvas cover on the top of it So the grass would die Like in a couple of three weeks
1: Now real quick, Ronnie We only have about a minute What kind of grass or sod did you end up doing?
5: I think it's fescue It's real, real thin blades
1: And do you want something That's a little more substantial now?
5: Yes ma'am Okay
1: great I hate to rush you Because I'm fascinated by that And good for you Coming up with that I think that's fantastic I told Mark I watched Shark Tank On ABC And there was a couple That kind of Had a similar thought For folks who live in high rises And can't always take the dog out They came up with this product Fresh Patch And it's a disposable dog potty A little patch of grass But we were talking about I mean Mondo Is not You know A grass that people think of In their lawns But it's a great ground cover And that might hold up To the dog urine and things a little bit better?
2: It might be a little bit better, but I think it's going to be a challenge. The uric acid is usually what takes out the urine, is what takes out the grass. And, you know, I was sharing with you the uh, astroturf that can be pressure washed is a solution for some of the smaller dog parks that are dealing with this issue.
1: Okay, so so there's maybe a couple of helpful, you know, fescue. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to die right away. Mondo may be a little sturdy, and you have to take into consideration the sunlight that it gets and all that kind of stuff. But good for you, Ronnie. I think you're on the right path. Listen, folks, we will be back after news, weather, and traffic to take more of your calls. 404-872-0750. This is Lawn and Garden.